Bull Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be previewing wide receivers and tight ends in this 2022 NFL Draft rookie wide receiver and tight end preview. I apologize for the late release of this show. I know it's coming out a couple of days late. I've been busy this weekend working on a lot of stuff, debate things as well. I had another debate tournament that I went to for states this time. And that was also in person, so it was a long drive and all of that. We're back, ready to preview wide receivers and tight ends before the draft. Got a lot to talk about today. We'll get into it, talk landing spots, talk fantasy potential. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF if you don't already, at SGF pod for the podcast. One announcement here before we get started. And it's not set in stone yet. I'm not 100% sure. But I think what I'm going to try to do over the weekend is the first ever live episode of the podcast, which is pretty cool because I will be live on, I think you've heard me talk about it before, I'll be live on ColorCast this weekend, Social Sports Talk app, be sure you download it, Um, check my link in the, my Twitter description as well, maybe I'll drop a link in the episode description But if it's not there, if I forgot to do it for some reason, you can check my Twitter bio, click the link there, hop on ColorCast or just search ColorCast in the app store for iPhone. And um, yeah, you can hop in this weekend. I'll be doing a live episode probably Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern is the tentative date. I'll be sending out more tweets about that. Put that on the podcast account as well. Add SGF pod over there for updates. But it'll be a reaction to the draft. And I will have anyone on. You can hop on what's called the hot seat. I'll get you on there. You can share your thoughts. I can talk to you. And it'll be a, an official episode as well. And you can chat in the chat as well if you don't want to actually speak. I'll like answer your questions. Of course, it'll be a lot of fun. Just make sure to keep everything clean because we want to keep this clean podcast label that I've worked for 132 episodes to maintain. But I think next week we'll have a two-part episode. We'll have that for general fantasy and NFL reactions. I don't want to limit it to just fantasy because I know a lot of people on there are going to have various opinions on stuff in general. So it'll be fantasy slash NFL. I'll try to gear it towards fantasy, but I don't want to, again, like limit the discussion on there. But to have a fully fantasy episode for that week, I'll also be giving my dynasty rookie rankings tentatively as well and give what I think about that top 24. So maybe a couple sleepers. That's what we'll all do over next week so it'll be a two-part episode most likely or actually two different episodes so like two parts make sure to check both of those out but yeah it's going to be a lot of fun first ever live episode will be really entertaining ever since Colorcast came out of one it came out with the recording feature i've wanted to try to do this for a while the sound quality is not going to be as good because i can only use my earbuds i can't actually use my mic but it'll be good enough um the earbuds do fine uh i don't know if i'll be able to say the same for those people who go on as guests but you know what we'll work with what we got I think that's just the cost of the live episode is that you're not going to have quite as good sound, but I think it's going to be very solid still, and it's going to be awesome. And I'll drop that. You can tune in once again, like, like it's going to be a live episode of the podcast, but it'll also be a podcast that drops. So you can tune in that Sunday at three on Colorcast, 3 p.m. Eastern, talk, do all that. If you don't want to, it's fine. You'll get to hear it, but you'll be there early on Sunday because I won't drop the episode till the next day on the podcast Monday at 3 a.m. like usual. So you'll get it 12 hours early for that week and you can be there live and then no need to listen to that. You can always go to the uh, 
second part, Dynasty Rookie Drafts, that you still have a podcast on Monday, even if you listen to it live. But you can listen to it live or not. It doesn't really matter. You'll still get the info, but I think listening to it live would be really fun. So you should go download ColorCast and do that. So let's talk rookie wide receivers and tight ends. I think there's probably about eight receivers I want to talk about. A couple tight ends I'll mention briefly, then we'll be done with the show. But let's talk wide receivers. And I teased it last week. There are some wide receivers that are really, really good in this class who could be really, really good with great landing spots. There's no standout like Jamar chase type of prospect, but there are a few guys who are really, really talented. So let's start to take a look. And I think a lot of teams could also use receivers as well. So the top rankings tend to differ on various sites. I'm using, I'm looking at Roto baller right now, and I'll just read off like what their rankings are like in order of that. It's not, maybe not quite consensus, but it's pretty close. So let's start with Traylon Burks. Out of Arkansas, number one receiver in this class, and he's electric. He will be fantastic in the NFL. He's very, very physical and just a great playmaker at all levels, but he can also just break tackles like a demon and is just one of the best like after-the-catch guys you'll ever see. So I think Burks is probably a first-rounder. Whether he's the top wide receiver off the board, I'm not sure. I think that may, title may go on to Garrett Wilson, who seems to be the top consensus right now. Maybe even a guy like Jamison Williams to watch out for as a sleeper. He might go as the first guy off the board despite that ACL. But Traylon Burks will definitely be in the first round. I think I could see the earliest I could see him going probably is maybe the Jets at 10. The Commanders at 11 is another spot. Um, maybe the Eagles at 15 if you go a little bit down the board. Saints at 16 or 19. You could see the Patriots at 21. Uh, and then there are some, I mean, later in the draft, it's, I mean, other than that, that's, those are probably the main spots, maybe the Packers at 28 as well, or 22. But yeah, other than that, I think those are the main spots. But as you can see, there's are a lot of like teams in the first round. And I think those probably apply to generally any receiver, but let's go through it for Traylon Burks because for the commanders, I don't mind that spot for him at all. Like what you're going to get there. I think you may have upside a little bit limited for with Terry McLaurin there. I don't think it's as realistic because we know McLaurin can be a physical downfield receiver as well. Maybe that's not the place where Burks will go. And I don't even know if Washington will take a receiver in the first round, but if he does, we know Carson Wentz can make big throws. He can struggle against the blitz. But when he's got a clean pocket, he can bomb it downfield. And Burks will have some big plays for sure in that offense. Wentz is definitely an upgrade from what they had before, uh, which is Taylor Heineke for sure. For the Jets, I think he fits very well with Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson can take like a step up, um, it's going to depend. I think that upside is going to be limited because Zach Wilson is still inexperienced. It's a high risk type of bet, especially if Wilson doesn't pan out because you already got guys like Elijah Moore there as well to potentially take targets. And I think Moore will, Moore's the type of guy who will just get open on every route. So he may exceed like Traylon Burks in targets. So other than that, I mean, the Texans at 13 is kind of just a garbage spot for whoever goes there. The Eagles at 15, that's a tough one because Devontae Smith and Traylon Burks on the same team would form a great wide receiver duo for real life. But for fantasy, that really does limit each other. And we saw Devontae Smith even be like a borderline top 30 receiver when he was really the only guy there. Just because Jalen Hurts doesn't throw the ball much. And when he does, it's to like the tight ends or like Dallas Goddard type of guys. So that does limit his upside a lot. And I think you might see a few deep throws. You might see more pass first offense. I think you will see a more pass first offense. I have talked about this. They're not going to rely on Miles Sanders as much as they did this year. After they got blown out by the Bucs in the first round, the Eagles realized that they needed to pass the ball more. I know that. I mean, I don't know for sure what's in the exterior on his head, but I'm sure of it. And so, well, I said I don't know for sure, but I'm sure of it. I'm as sure of it as I can be. And so it, I think Devontae Smith is geared to take a step up next year because he's very talented. 
but Burks would definitely put a, a damper on that upside. Saints, there's some target opportunity there. Jameis Winston likes to air the ball out. I would really like the Saints for Traylon Burks because we know Winston likes to throw the ball deep. And then Michael Thomas can be kind of the short guy. I think Burks has a lot of upside there. Patriots, sure. Uh, I think he could be very solid with Mac Jones, potentially be the wide receiver one in that offense, but the Patriots like to run it and spread the ball around as well. And then lastly, the Packers, I think whichever wide receiver goes to the Packers, which please I'm begging them to take a first round wide receiver. And now they're even linked to like Darren Waller in terms of trade destinations, but they've got two picks in the first round, no Devontae Adams and no wide receivers there whatsoever. You could just throw a guy there and boom, Aaron Rodgers makes him a stud. And I think Traylon Burks is like one of three guys in this class who is probably locked in to be like a super superstar potential guy next year if he goes to the Packers at 22 or 28. So I think that's that's going to be incredible. You know, another guy who could go there, Garrett Wilson. I don't think Garrett Wilson drops to the Packers is the problem. I would like him there. I like him a lot. I mean, he's just a very complete kind of route runner, a very, very solid, good receiver. He is a very good receiver. Probably not profiling to be the next like Jamar Chase, the NFL. Like I said, nobody really is in this class, but he's a very good all around route runner, got solid speed and another Buckeyes receiver who's having success and potentially entering the draft along with another guy in his own class too. But yeah, I think Wilson is probably likely to be the first guy off the board for the jets. That's a tough one because I don't like it that much for either Wilson or Elijah Moore, just because it's good for the jets, but they're both kind of the same mold of receiver. They're really just going to be hampering each other more than anything else for the commanders. That's a really, really good fit. I think with Wentz, I mean, you've got the guy like McLaurin, like I said, he can make crazy plays deep. He will get physical with corners and play one-on-ones downfield. You can't leave him open like that. And I mean, he can run routes too, but I think Garrett Wilson's a nice short to intermediate option. Maybe what they were looking for in Curtis Samuel before that hasn't really panned out so far. Destination like the Eagles, same thing. I don't love it because it hurts Devontae Smith a lot. And I think Wilson would struggle to have a lot of high upside. The Saints, I don't love that either. I think Michael Thomas is going to be end, end up being that intermediate target hog next year. I think it's going to be fine if Wilson, Winston throws the ball enough, but I'd rather see a guy like Burks in, in on the Saints than Wilson just because of how they profile. But I think that's okay. For the Packers, I don't think they're going to get him, but if they do, oh, that'd be awesome. I, I'm, I would probably rather have a big play guy with Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, like that's going to be awesome too. Now, 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 here we go. Number three, Jamison Williams. What a stud. He got an ACL injury in the college football playoff. We know that. But this dude has speed. He can run. He can catch the football and explode into the second level coming out of Alabama. And I think he would have easily been the top wide receiver in this class if it wasn't for that injury. Even with that injury, he still has an argument. Because I know we're probably going to be missing Jamison Williams for the start of the season, and maybe for a lot of the season. But when he comes back, and oh man, if we see him drop because of that injury to 22 and the Packers snatch him up. I will like I I might I would have trouble not ranking Jamison Williams immediately as a top 10 receiver for Dynasty or maybe top 12 receiver for Dynasty just immediately because he's that good. And I think he's going to come back. And with modern medicine, with how well NFL players have been recovering from ACLs as of late, he is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL once he gets back. He's my favorite receiver in this class, just tape-wise. But yeah, I mean, you look at dynasty rankings. at like, uh, Or I guess I'm actually, <laughs> you say I say you look at dynasty rankings. I'm currently staring at redraft rankings and wondering why Keenan Allen's so high. But now, yeah, dynasty rankings. Like, look at this top 12. 10 through 12, you see guys like T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, 
Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore at 13. I don't understand how Jamison Williams is not a top 12 receiver in that group because, I mean, you got, like, Waddle's great, but he doesn't have the, like, same stud at quarterback. And Tyreek Hill's now over there with Tua. Waddle's upside is capped. With If Williams goes to the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, who is now locked up for three more years, the sky is the limit. And if you're evaluating Dynasty in a two- to three-year window like you should be, I mean, Jamison Williams, like you could put him ahead of DK because DK's quarterback situation is questionable. You could put him ahead of T Higgins because he's always going to be tied to like Joe Burrow and he might be, he's the wide receiver too in his offense. That's putting him in like top 10 territory. And I don't think it's an exaggeration because I just feel like he is so highly likely to be great once he comes back from the injury. Maybe the injury bumps him down a couple spots. Maybe you're not quite sure like he's going to transfer to the NFL. Maybe you feel more he's like a borderline top 15 receiver. I still feel like he'll be ranked lower than that in consensus, and you'll be able to get a great value on Jamison Williams and dynasty drafts because of this. I love this guy, and I hope he goes to the Packers. Another other destinations, um, there are many as well, but the Packers is easily the best for me. Um, again, I don't like the Eagles for many of these guys. Jets and eh, commanders like and see that's not a really a great spot for him other than just Green Bay there are somewhere he could slot in as a two but I want him as the one with Aaron Rodgers please I'm, I'm I just want that so badly he would be I don't know it, it'd be like impossible for me to not rank him as my top wide receiver in dynasty like even with the ACL if that occurred I mean maybe not impossible but I honestly feel like he's good enough so we'll see how that goes that'd be great if he goes to the Packers Drake London Let's talk about him. He's been linked to the commanders in 11 in so many mock drafts that I've seen. He is a very physical guy, but he just does not separate that much. And it's a hard evaluation when you get these guys because the physical player can work out great in the NFL, like a Jamar chase. It can also work out terribly like a Josh Dotson type of player who just completely busts and like, can't be an alpha. And I feel like the problem here with comparing Drake London to a guy like Jamar Chase is, first of all, Jamar Chase is much more talented, but also Jamar Chase has more speed and can separate better. Like Jamar Chase is a solid separator coming out of college. And that was was so great. I don't know if London is going to be able to be great other than maybe a big body on third downs or a deep ball guy. And he's going to, if he's going to be able to be that he's going to have to have really reliable hands and he's going to have to earn the trust of potentially an inexperienced quarterback. And I don't know if Carson, I know Carson Wentz likes to take shots, so he might be okay there, but eventually if Carson Wentz starts throwing picks instead of making big completions, maybe you have to cut down there. And like, same with other teams. Like the problem is, I don't know if we'll see that big target share. If he goes a bit silent, maybe like Kenny Galladay did in giants in 2020, like, or 2021, that could be a problem. Even if you believe that Drake London is talented, he's had a little bit of injury history, but I mean, he could be fine for sure. Like he can, he's, it's just, it's a, it's a tough evaluation for sure. And, um, he got a lot of targets in college, of course. Uh, and he kind of, I mean, he's not even really like that much of a like deep ball kind of guy, just more of like physical kind of player. He can get yards after the catch a lot like Traylon Burks, but I don't feel like he has enough. I don't know if he has the athleticism that Burks has to that same degree. And those injuries are a bit worrisome. So there are questions for sure. Once you get to this point, there sure are. Chris Olave, probably more of a mid or late first round guy. Uh, he was probably rated a little higher and uh, coming into this season, a couple wide receivers vaulted ahead of him in general rankings, but he's very good receiver as well. Um, not as maybe complete, but he can run routes. He, he gets more of those like intermediate passes, probably a little bit more than Garrett Wilson does. So 
he he, the, he didn't have like as good of a year as he did last year in terms of like statistically, but he could still get open downfield and be good. So the problem there is we wonder how much was he relying on Justin Fields to make him give him big plays. So we'll see. I don't love him as a locked in superstar, but if he goes to the Packers at 28, I do like anyone who goes to the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be pretty awesome. Other than that, I think we're done other than a few other guys, Jahan Dotson um, out of Penn state. He's electric in terms of making big plays at very athletic and can't get open down the field, but also is just like a general threat in all areas. And I feel like he's a guy who wasn't on this list, but could easily be a first rounder. I like that for Rodgers. He can get open for sure. And, um, uh, he's just, yeah, he can catch intermediate short passes, take them to the house and also just deep balls. Uh, he's probably not as versatile as a guy like Debo Samuel, but he certainly is very versatile. Uh, George Pickens out of Georgia, very, very physical. He's big six foot three. I think a lot of people like him. He's also had some injury history a little bit as well. Um, just because like, I think it was the, the ACL. So now it's like, I mean, it depends on, again, modern medicine. You can return pretty quickly depending on um, how it goes. But like he, we could see him miss some time. And, but I think he is a very good second round prospect that a lot of people love for fantasy. And then, so keep an eye on him. That depends on landing spot. And then Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He's six foot four and 211 pounds. So he is huge. Questions with his hands, with his drops, and coming out of a Division II school, but he's got a ton of upside. That's undeniable. So just watch out for him as well. If he gets in a good spot and there's a team that preaches a lot of confidence, maybe early second for Christian Watson, that's something to keep an eye on because draft capital is so big to actually see sometimes how good these guys are going to do. Let's talk tight ends really briefly. I don't think there's a tight end who's going to have a great impact in fantasy football out of the draft. Charlie Kolar is very big. And he does profile a bit like an athletic tight end who can make plays, but like, he's not incredible. There's no one really incredible in this class, but you could see him take a step up, maybe become like a TJ Hawkinson type for fantasy. Trey McBride, same sort of thing. He's not quite as good. He doesn't, it's not like a kind of a red zone threat, not as much as Charlie Kolar, but so, and I thought, I think a lot of times you need tight ends to score touchdowns for them to be effective. Other than that, there's not really anybody else. So there's that. Yeah, but that's wide receivers and tight ends. Thank you guys for tuning in. I may be casting on ColorCast. I might do like a NFL drive, draft live cast or be co-casting with somebody else. Just keep an eye out for that. If you don't see me live, probably going to someone's cast. I'll probably be there either chatting or on the hot seat. Download ColorCast. You could see the live episode on Sunday. That's most likely going to happen at three. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. And I'll see you guys next week either way. And have fun watching the draft, guys. I'll see you next time.